Hey church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will reach out with your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your faithfulness, Lord, is everlasting. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Psalm 138, 7 and 8. What do you carry on you every day? The term that the internet and survival studyists have coined for this is everyday carry or EDC. These are the items that are always on your person so that you always have them available. The bare minimum is phone, wallet, and keys if you're a guy. All of these are fairly obvious. If you don't have these things, you can't go anywhere, you can't communicate, and you can't buy anything. These items are necessary because they are your ticket to the rest of the world. But there's a huge discussion about what should be added to this bare minimum list. For some strange reason, I find these sorts of conversations fascinating. And I've tried all kinds of things. When I was a kid, I got my first Swiss Army knife. I thought I was ready for anything. Zombie invasion? It's okay, I have my Swiss Army knife. Tire flat? Got my knife ready. UFO broke down? No problem, the Swiss thought of this. But then I went to open a package with the little scissor things. After failing miserably to cut anything, I thought I'd give it another shot. I took the little saw out and tried to cut through a small branch that had fallen in the backyard. Again, miserably disappointed. Soon, the Swiss Army knife was stuck in a dresser drawer and completely forgotten. A couple years later, my uncle got me a Leatherman. I loved it. It was a prized possession, but it was large and bulky, and when you tried to use the pliers, it hurt your hands. Later, my brother got me a super cool multi-tool by a company called SOG. I loved it and used it fairly regularly. I even sent it back to the company one time to get it sharpened. But unfortunately, I eventually lost that thing. Its big size made it hard to keep in my pocket. And if I can't keep something in my pocket, I will lose it. So I've settled on just a rather plain pocket knife with a clip that keeps it in my pocket. Since I don't work with my hands on a daily basis, it often just stays in my pocket all day. But I'm ready in case Amazon decides to send me just a ton of boxes today. We all have items that we carry every day. We all have items that we just feel lost if we forget them at home that day. We trust these items to get us through the day. We rely on them to come through for us as various situations arise each and every day. These items vary depending on the kind of work and situations that you tackle. My bag always has a computer in it, and my truck always has ratchet straps. You might be the guy that has pliers and a holster hanging off your belt, or it might be a pen if you're a teacher, and don't even get me started on women's purses. In Psalm 138, I see three distinct sections. In the first section, verses 1 through 3, David is talking about his relationship with God. He says that he will give God thanks because God is great, and because when he's called to God, God's answered. The second section is pretty repetitive from the first one, but there's one major difference. David is no longer the subject. Instead, it's now all the kings and people of the earth. God is great before all of them, and he listens to the humble of all the people of the earth and answers them. Then David finally gets down to business in the last section. He prays a prayer to God, and it's easy to tell from the prayer that David's nervous. He is facing something difficult. We don't know what it is, but it sounds pretty serious. David ends the prayer with, do not abandon the works of your hands. It's a fairly ominous quote. We all get to this point in our walk with God where God's been faithful in the past. He's been faithful to the people around us in the past. But here we are again. It's time to use our faith, our everyday carry item, and we're nervous. We're scared that God isn't going to come through this time. We're scared that our faith will fail us this time. 
I love Psalm 138 because it reassures us that this is completely normal. Yes, the situation is totally beyond our control. We have no capability to fix the broken things. We have no way in our human wisdom and power to change the outcome. That makes us uncomfortable. So we reach for God who hasn't let us down yet, but we can't get that nervous feeling to go away. David couldn't either. That's why his prayer ends so ominously. We know from David's story in the Bible that God was faithful to him through all his life, so we know that this situation was no different. But Psalm 138 offers us a small glimpse of a man struggling to trust God in the moment. If you're not facing a moment like that now, you soon will be. Let's take comfort in the fact that David did too. Let's pray. God, I know that you will take care of me. I know that you will save me with your power and strength. I know that I can completely trust in you. I know that you never fail. You never lack knowledge or wisdom. I pray that you wouldn't abandon me now. Let's think about a couple questions here. Number one, what are the items that you put your trust in every day? When is a time that God proved that your trust in him was well-placed? And how do you respond when you feel nervous that God is going to fail you? Thanks for joining me today. Let's gather together again next time as we pray together. 